Alternative Radio. Coach JD Show. The future of finance is here. Prepare for freedom. Get ready to swallow the red pill because every week we're bringing you cutting edge, real, uncut, raw truths about finance in the world that you think you know to help you prepare for the biggest shift in generational wealth the world has ever seen. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together. Let's go. Warriors, rise. Grand rising warriors. Good evening. Ken Mack all over the world or wherever you're at in the world. We'll find out that in just a moment. But we are back and I want to thank Ken for the patience uh, while I was on my journey uh, out in Peru for 11 days. I know I kind of just disappeared, but it's something I do frequently throughout the years. Well, this year I did it twice. Um, it's important for me just to disconnect and reconnect with earth, with consciousness, and, and just really understand what my intentions are. And we can talk about some of that stuff today, and we can talk about FTX. We're just going to dive into it as we always do. We would love to get you guys involved as an audience. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you hit that, go down and give us a five-star review, share it with a friend. Probably one of the most important podcasts out there uh, in human history and also YouTube video. We're just giving you real, uncut, authentic content from different parts of the world to help you understand that this is the biggest shift, not only in generational wealth, but the biggest shift in our financial system. And every time Ken and I come on, massive things are happening. I mean, while I was in Peru, FTX collapsed, and there's a big narrative in America around regulation. So we're just going to share it, share what's going on in our lives. But like I guess said, if you're on the podcast, make sure you give us a five-star review out there. Give us some feedback. If you're here on the YouTube channel, make sure you participate. Any questions or no silly questions out there, of course, say what you mean. Don't say it mean. And we're going to get after it today. So, Ken Mack, where are you located in the world today? Hey, what's up, brother? I am still in the same place. Surprise, surprise. Um, I'm here in Dubai Marina. Um, yeah, I never know where I'm going to be from week to week. Um, but I'm happy to be here still enjoying the, the winter sun um, in Dubai. And yeah, like you say, there's some crazy events which are taking place pretty much every week that we do the show. Something uh, crazy happens. There are many crazy things happen. And then uh, unbelievable. What a time that we're living in. And like you say, FTX collapsed, which is it's one of the biggest exchanges in the world. It's like the second biggest exchange. And I don't think uh, that people quite understand um, the contagion and mm. that this isn't over. Yeah, and with the collapse of FTX, it's not going to open up a lot of opportunities, but we're going to see um, a lot of the fallout. I think that we've had the uh, the tremors from the uh, from the collapse, but we're yet to see the volcano. And when we see the volcano, that's where we're going to see the final meltdown in the bear market. I think that's going to take place uh, before Christmas. Or sorry, not the final, but we're going to have a meltdown between now and Christmas, and then. I think we're going to have the final meltdown, so that will be the last leg down in the bear market in Q1, so quarter one, 2023, and when that happens, that's going to present the best buying opportunities that, we've, that we're going to get this bear market, uh, and probably this could be the lowest prices that we ever see. Mm. And in terms of my price targets, I'm looking at um, anywhere between 8,000 and 14,000 for Bitcoin. I'm looking be 15 cents to 20 cents on XRP, and I'll be heavily loading up an XRP if that happens, and between 500 and 700 on Ethereum. 
Wow. That would be heaven on earth. And I've been waiting for this moment. I agree with you 1000%. I mean, it was wild. I was, you know, in Peru and I completely disconnected, man. No social, no Twitter, nothing. Only had communication with my family. That was it through WhatsApp. And um, again, I'll share with you guys. I do not message anybody on WhatsApp. Very clear. Ken and I do not message you guys about your crypto. <laughs> Just be very clear. I was using WhatsApp as I travel. I use it to communicate with Ken and my family and a couple of my businesses overseas. That's it. I will never contact you on WhatsApp. I want to make that very clear. Kevin and I do not reach out to you about your cryptocurrency. But um, that's all I did. And when I came back, man, I remember I, I turned on my phone and I had hundreds of messages. What's going on? I'm like, dude, we've been talking about this, man. This, you know, you even shared that I think on our channel. Um, I don't want to speak out of school, but you know, the whole thing with Kevin O'Leary. So Kevin O'Leary was Celsius collapsed, right? And then Kevin O'Leary came on board, and something really weird is happening. I mentioned this on my YouTube channel this morning. So I've been preaching this for a very long time. This is all about regulation. There's going to be black swan events, and then Kevin O'Leary five months ago predicted there was going to be another black swan that there would be a crypto exchange or company that would go to zero and ironically he predicted his own investment his own uh paid investment right and i'm not against anybody i'm just sharing facts figures numbers logic but something weird this weekend happened ken so i did all my research for my video this morning by the time i went to go do my video i log in i go to do my video out of uh six of the videos i had four were deleted or privated and they all had to do with ftx kevin wow. o'leary um one with the cftc commissioner I, but they were all different, um, different YouTube channels. They were all different news stations. So I thought that was really weird that all of a sudden all these things are going private. Um, I really believe that behind the scenes, this is my belief system. Again, guys, I'm not picking left, right. I'm focused on my family and building. And I, I totally agree with Ken. I think some really, really great buying opportunities are coming. And if you're in the market and you're stuck, you know, some people are freaking out. They're stuck. Just hold the line, man. Don't, do not do any panic selling. You know, uh, the exchanges thing, we'll talk about that. I want to get your opinion on exchanges and stuff like that but it was really weird ken i went to go do my videos and i'm like they were gone they were or they were privated and i went back and i could not find them i've never had anything like that and so i think what's happening right now is this ftx was a major black swan and a catalyst to expose all the darkness within crypto within the financial space we had nancy pelosi in america step down she stepped down when the uh, republicans took the house so what i think is happening this is just my opinion is that the old earth paradigm and the financial wealth and the darkness and the 1% is getting starting to get exposed. And I think the FTX is going to expose all the money that was moving through the system in order to help these uh, these politicians get into their positions. Because we know politics and money go hand in hand. That's That's been since the Roman days. I mean, that's nothing new. But we didn't have the internet before, right? I mean, we didn't have, you know, people, YouTubers out there digging and digging and digging for, for information. And so we're in this really weird space where there's going to be a lot of protection of politicians, of Congress, men and women trying to protect themselves. And what I believe is going to happen, this is going to move regulation in very, very quickly and efficient, not efficiently, but... The great news about that is, like you said, I, I, I'm going to be buying in these low prices. I've been working to free up some capital to get into these markets at the very, very low prices. When institutions come in, that's when the price appreciation is coming. You know, uh, I'll just show you guys this news really quickly. Then I want to get your opinion on the markets because, I mean, man, we haven't seen each other for a bit here. But you see this right here. Uh, JP Morgan did their executive uh, executed their first trade on uh, using public blockchain. And then right here, JP Morgan officially registered its cryptocurrency wallet trademark. 
So as all this is happening and all this FUD is happening, the banks are getting set up to custody your cryptocurrency. And when regulation comes, we know institutions are going to come flooding in. Right. So what are your thoughts on like the FTX collapse and all the craziness going on and finding out, you know, Republican and Democrat of how many um, how much money was pumped in from Sam Bankman Freed around this uh, around this all the money just moving around. What are your thoughts on everything happening? I am in the belief that Sam has been used in FTX, um, that he's probably sold his soul mm. uh, to the devil, and they've used FTX as a catalyst to bring forward crypto regulation so that they can have every excuse that they need to heavily regulate cryptocurrency with the collapse of FTX, Celsius, BlockFi, probably Genesis, and everything else that's going to come down with it as well. So I believe that Sam has sold his soul to the devil, and um, and this uh, situation is not going to land him in jail, but it's been heavily orchestrated. And the next narrative going into the bull market of, well, you call it the, the uh, happening in 2024, Yes. Uh, of course, the bull market starts when we find a bottom. But the next narrative, I believe, is going to be centralization and regulation. So heavily regulated, transparent, uh, transparent crypto companies, uh, investment projects that have got to go through um, strenuous regulation in order to, uh, to come to fruition. For example, just now, um, with Aquarify, our legal team are very busy filling in um, massive applications um, to register a crowdfunding license, which will be the first crowdfunding license in Europe. This application is about 40 pages long. So when you want to regulate anything or go through any of these processes, the process is designed in such a way that it's so strenuous that it puts you off even going anywhere near it. So this is going to put off a lot of inexperienced business people, inexperienced entrepreneurs, mm. is going to um, get rid of all of these uh, fraud projects, yep. Yep. all of the bullshit, uh, you know, nonsense coins which are not backed by anything and don't have any purpose and really just there as Ponzi pump and dumps. Yep. So I think it's going to give crypto um, a whitewash. It's going to get rid of get rid of a, a lot of the trash. Um, and I believe that the narrative is going to be these, uh, you know, investment platforms are offering real world assets, things that, you know, are tangible. Uh, because if you think about it, the, the trust is going to be an all time low. Yes. Um, you know, it already, well, it's already low now, but uh, as we see more collapses take place, which could be Nexo, Nexo could be next. Mm. Um, Binance could collapse. Who knows? Tether could collapse. But whatever happens um, with this, uh, black swan which uh, as the contagion starts to spread we are going to uh, be in a situation where nobody trusts crypto right. apart from it so it's going to take a lot of work to to win the people over and that's why i believe that the narrative going forward is regulation i, th yeah. I, I think that this is you know that they've uh, designed this in such a way where regulation is the only answer yeah, I, I completely. So it, it what problem, reaction, solution, right? So whoever creates a problem creates a massive reaction in the people, fears the shit out of them, and then they come up with the solution, just like 
JP Morgan having their own wallet. So like, for example, think about this. Let's just take ourselves out of our frame of mind, our awoke mind, whatever you want to call it. You know, we're all different human beings having a physical experience. But what I'm saying is let's go from a non-woke perspective, right? So you're sitting there, you're watching TV, you're watching the news, and you're just seeing all this craziness around FTX, Tom Brady. Now Kevin O'Leary's pulled in the mix. You got BitBoy going after everybody. There's this craziness going on. And you're sitting there... Yeah, you're sitting there as a normal everyday consumer. You're like, excuse my language, fuck crypto, dude. This stuff is crazy. Yeah. There's no way. That's exactly what they want. And then all of a sudden, Jamie Dimon, your hero, comes and he's like, guess what, everybody? Guess what, sheep? Come on into my bank. We got a safe wallet for you to store your crypto, regulated. We're going to put some FDIC insurance on it. Don't worry, guys. So what they're doing is they're hurting the sheep into the slaughterhouse again to bring us back into the banking system with 2.9 billion people unbanked. And they're going to do it all through a central bank digital currency. There'll be a black swan where they're going to try to get people back into the Fed now services. Then you'll have your uh, central bank digital currency. You're going to have your crypto wallet. They're going to want your crypto in there, right? And here's what I think is going to happen. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I mean, I just saw this. I'm like, I'm going to be reporting on this tomorrow on my channel, but like people are like, oh, okay, I'm going to, you know, move my money off exchange, which I, which, which, you know, secure your money 100%. Well, here's, I just want to walk through this narrative. I like to look at all sides because I know as I look this way, I, I don't get caught up in all the bullshit, man. Like they're putting a lot of crypto people are like the Roman days. They're getting put into the Coliseum. They're drinking the wine, right? They're wanting us to fight with each other. That's just so you guys know, that's, I mean, I'm, I go into some deep spiritual experiences. This is nothing new under the sun. The left and right want us to fight. That's it. They want the crypto community attacking each other right now. That's exactly what they want. So if you can understand that and pull yourself above that and look at all the noise and watch people fight, see who's funding the fighting, who is funding the battle. Whoever is funding the battle is where you want to put your money, right? That's that's who is going to end up winning in the end. They watch the people fight. They got them drunk in the Coliseum. The Trojan horse comes up. They freaking attack them, right? So where was I going with this? Regulation. Oh, so what I want to get your opinion on this. So they get everybody to pull all their money off. I'm just walking through this in my head. I don't know the answer. They pull everybody off the exchanges. Everybody runs into their ledgers, which is a good thing to do to protect your crypto, 100%. But then all of a sudden, they shut down all the exchanges that you used to be sovereign or used to be decentralized. And they only have a few exchanges that you can come back through. And then those exchanges have a master account at the Federal Reserve or the central bank, right? And so when your transactions come through these exchanges that are left, where you can get your crypto off of the hard wallet into an exchange, now they can track all your crypto. And these are just things that I think about. I'm trying to you know, understand the game and play the game in a way where because I come from the banking sector and I see how we move the systems, right? We under we move the systems in order to kind of corral the sheep into the to the corral to get the sheep's money into the bank, take, excuse me, I'm talking from my property. I was a sheep, right? To get corralled in there. They take my hard earned money and then they lend my money out. Right. And so that, that's what they waited for. Right. Ken is like, they waited till all these crypto exchanges got super over leveraged. They knew they were going to get super greedy. And they're like, see, they're not safe. But when banks get over leveraged, guess who bails them out? The central bank, the central bank comes in and says, Hey, listen, we got you. My brothers and sisters, we're part of your, part of your politics. We're part of your economy. We're going to to bail you guys out. But in crypto, look, see, these people are all fraudsters, man. They're trying to take your money, but the banks are going to be, the banks are pretty much insolvent anyways. There's no money in the system. So yeah, it's just a really interesting place to be for everybody. And I, I, I'm really excited because I see it from this perspective. It doesn't scare me. Um, I feel like I'm just like you. I'm just waiting for these prices to come collapsing down. I'm the opposite of everybody else. I'm not fearful of this. 
But what are your thoughts on like, you know, exchanges and how people are going to move their money in and out of exchanges and, you know, the unbanked and them getting their taxes from this? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting time. Yeah. You know, who knows what's going to happen? You know, who, who would have thought FTX would go down? So oh. and if FTX goes down, then uh, what's there to say that Binance couldn't go down? You know, you've got these decentralized platforms like Uniswap. So, of yeah. course, you can uh, move your uh, crypto um, through Uniswap. We've got our cold wallets like Ledger. We've got, uh, I use this uh, here. It's called SafePal. Yep. Um, so it's it's hard to hard to say to be honest. Um, you know, all that I'm doing just now myself is uh, get. I've taken all of my crypto off of all of the exchanges, so nothing in Nexo, Binance, uh, and I'm not using just one wallet. I'm using multiple ledgers, Trezor, SafePal, uh, some hot wallets, and of course, not sitting all in USDC or USDT. I'm sitting mm -hmm. in multiple stable coins, some Dai. Um, but you know, some Binance, uh, you know, Busby, uh, BUSB as well. But you know, diversification and uh, and allocation, uh, risk uh, management is more important now than ever. Yes. And just getting ready to you know, buy the fear because what Warren Buffett says is that you want to buy the fear and sell the greed, and it only makes sense to me as well. If their uh, CBDCs are just around the corner, which they are here in the UAE, um, and as well in the UK, um, we know the new president, uh, prime minister, should I say, uh, one of the first things he was speaking about was implementation of CBDCs, uh, and we know about the Fed now wallet, and you know they're pushing it in the USA. So it's pr it's pretty um, pretty obvious that uh, digital currencies are around around the corner, and they're going to be perhaps offer one centralized um, solution so that. Um, maybe the Fed, central bank, come along and say we've got a crypto central bank and all of your crypto must now funnel through here, which is yeah. all KYC. And then, of course, everything can be tracked. And because yeah. you see, the, the, the aim of the game is that, uh, or the, the main um, uh, you know, thing that they're looking to achieve here is to tax you. They want to make sure they can track all of your transactions so that they can make sure that you've paid tax on every single transaction you're making, whether it's uh, into USDs or whether it's into another crypto, they want to tax all of these transactions. So I would say this is going to probably happen by the next bull market. I, I think they're now, they, they don't want people making this amount of money. You know, we've got people making, you know, normal people making millions in a very short space of time and yes. um, just buying the lows, selling the highs. Of course, not everybody became millionaires during the last bull market. But the governments don't want that. You know, the UK government certainly don't want you to become rich. The US government don't want you to become rich. They don't want normal people having that level of wealth. So I think it's a race against time. They're going to try and uh, do something before the next bull market. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for, for, from my side, it looks as if they're trying to destroy crypto. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. This is the bottom line. You know, they're trying to take it down. Yeah, they're trying to get the retail investors out of crypto. They're trying to completely get them out. And that, Ken said something powerful in the beginning here. We talked about utility. Like, it's now the utility area. What that, what I mean by that is real-world solved companies. Like, if you're invested in cryptocurrencies, 
make sure that there's real balance sheets. Like for example, like I know I talk about XRP and Ripple a lot. The reason why I'm invested in XRP is now I know it's not a security. I don't have, because I own XRP, I own Ripple, but also I understand a lot about the company Ripple. If you look at, you know, uh, VeChain, I watch the CEO, I look at their balance sheet. Like you have to start to think like Warren Buffett and saying, okay, these are real world solved companies. You know, the Shibas, the Dogecoins, all that stuff. Maybe there'll be some hype pumps like that, but they're not real companies. There's no nothing real backing those. And that's what they want to collapse. They want to destroy that. Like you said, the Dogecoin millionaire, there's normal everyday people making millions. But what they do know too, is that they know that the normal everyday person who doesn't understand wealth, they're going to lose that money right away. So as soon as these people get their wealth, just like athletes or lottery winners, yeah. they have the, the poverty subconscious mind program and they want to keep us poverty warriors. That is the most important thing. Wisdom and instruction should be your number one and number two investments. And that's in yourself. So if all your crypto goes to zero, you can redo it once again. That's why I have no fear of this. Uh, but there's a question that says, are we still waiting on another black swan event? shake everybody out of crypto that ftx was pretty heavy man it was interesting what kevin o'leary said five minutes ago he goes we're waiting for another one to go to zero and ironically it was the one that he was a spokesperson for um i mean I, I, there could be anything could happen i mean we didn't think celsius would happen when i heard about ftx i was like holy shit i mean there were some big players in ftx worldwide and i was like that was that was a pretty heavy black swan man and that's What's going to cause more of these uh, catalysts in this mass access to crypto? Do you think that we'll have another big black swan? Um, I think this could be the black swan, but we just haven't felt the... Uh, I think we've had the tremors. Yes. So we've had a, a small crash in the market, but the market doesn't quite understand yet what's happened. Right. Um, so I, th I think this is the black swan that's going to be it's going to play out over the next uh, two or three months. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of like it's it's people talk about, you know, interest rates and inflation, like, oh, job market's strong. I'm like, I was saying when all these interest rates started going up, I said for uh, second quarter 2023 is when you're going to start to see all the job layoffs. Right. So I I agree with Ken. I think you see a bottom in the back of the back end of the year going into the first quarter for crypto. You're going to see the job market collapse. People are going to be pulling their crypto out because they need. Unfortunately, it sucks, man. Probably in the best time to keep crypto, people are going to be losing their jobs, pulling their crypto out. So if you can do anything, try to, you know, if, if it bottoms out, try to stay in. You know, it's like there's no reason to pull at a massive loss if you have the opportunity for it to go back up. Um, so, so, yeah, and that's Ken says it's like, it's like a, a boat going, you know, in the middle of the ocean in a glass ocean. Right. The boat is going forward. It can't see the ripples, but these ripples take a long time to get to shore. Right. And then when they do, it's cat it's like a tsunami coming. I believe a tsunami is coming for the economy and a lot of people aren't ready. It says if. OK, uh, question. If exchanges get sued and shut down, et cetera, how are we going to be able to sell, take your profits? That's that's what Ken was talking about. It's like you got to be very strategic with your money right now. So what I did is the same thing. I, diver I have some on my ledger. I diversified across certain exchanges. Um, I don't have all my money on one exchange. I kind of have it spread out across different exchanges. And, I'll, and I'll, admittedly, I was heavy on one exchange. So when I came back, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to end up eating crow. I'm going to move move my money and diversify a little bit, pull some onto a ledger. Um, so I make sure that I have strategically placed things. So if one collapses, the other one will make up for the other. So I, I kind of move my ISO tokens around different spaces and stuff like that. So um, you just got to really watch the market. I mean, well, FTX people woke up and it collapsed, man. So it's really your risk tolerance. Um, I mean, I, I just, I moved mine around until I felt peaceful. I was like, okay, so I feel peaceful. If this one collapses, I can make a move here. It's like a chess player, right? I mean, in, in the yeah. safest way is what Ken's doing. You just pull everything off the exchanges. So admittedly, I- you guys as well. Uh, sorry, Coach, when you go. 
no go yeah i was just saying so admittedly i do have still some of my stuff on exchanges but i diversified and i strategically place my iso tokens strategically in different exchanges and then i have some off of the exchange so go ahead no i'm just saying yeah um about uh, four or five days before we did collapse i did put a a notice out in my instagram stories because i re did receive some information um to say uh, through my inner circle that there was a big problem with ftx and um, so we'd actually shorted the token, sold all of our FTT tokens and removed everything off the exchange. I actually had a lot of money on FTX myself. Wow. Uh, so thankfully I get out and everybody who listened to me and seen that story on my Instagram, they get out as well. Good for you. Um, but there was a lot of people, man, made a lot of money shorting uh, the FTT token and, and Bitcoin. Um, but, wow. uh, you know, I, I you know somebody made a good comment as well. And they, they said, I believe that the crypto is just following the four year cycle. And that's very true as well, because we've got all of these bad events that do take place during the bear market. Mm -hmm. And I also believe as well that we're just following the four-year cycle. Um, of course, some bear markets are worse than others. Sure. But, uh, you, know, the, you know, if you take a look at Bitcoin, it goes 85% uh, down anyway from all-time high. And now we're kind of getting to that territory. So yeah. I believe that this is also just part of the cycle. We just need to sit tight. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with that too. I, that's something as well as, you know, people, a lot of people ask me, God, JB, you stay so calm, feel us. How can you be sitting in Peru for 11 days? I don't put my wealth in physical things. Now, am I strategic? Absolutely. And so hey, again, too, Ken and I, God, we've known each other for over a year now. It's been over a year, right? I mean, it's, God damn, it's been over a year. It's gone by quick. And so since I went from, I was just crypto guys when I first started all this. And then learning wise counsel, meeting Ken, different mentors. I started diversifying the business. I started to look at leverage life insurance. And so what I really did quickly was to make sure that I feel secure, right? So my family's wealth is very secure. And what I mean by that is each, each month I'm strategic, leverage life insurance, you know, you got your precious metals, cryptocurrency, and then the cryptocurrency part of it, I look at it as a very speculative part of my portfolio. Like, it's like, man, this shit could go down to zero. It could, it could collapse. But again, wisdom and instruction is the most important. That's why I spend more time. I work harder on myself than I do anything else. Because what I do know is that if all of this collapses, all that goes to zero, we're all at square one, right? Or we're back to ground zero. Everybody's at an even playing field, right? Would you rather be someone who's freaking out, going on Twitter, I told you so, or already rebuilding right away? I'd rather be the person who has wisdom instruction that could rebuild right away, right? Because there's a lot of things, and I want to get your opinion. There's a lot of craziness going on on Twitter, on YouTube, and people. So, like, I and the reason why I stay out of the attacks, I'll share with you guys why. Because a lot of people are asking my opinion on this, and I'll share with you. Okay, the reason why I don't attack other individuals or other people is because I believe in light, love, and positivity. I also believe in pulling the straw out of my own eye before I pull the straw out of another man or woman's eye. Like I have no judgment of other people. I have fucked up in my life many a times. I still have a shitload of stuff to work on. But what I found is for me, I work harder on myself than I do anything else. I focus on my family and I focus on having good friends around me and I focus on my investments, my things. If someone else makes a mistake, I'm not going to spend all my time and energy trying to expose or hurt that person. Right? So it's, it's a question that I wanted to address because I'm not, I'm not assuming or saying anything, but I want to address that to people. Why don't I go after people? Why don't? Because it's it's not a good narrative for me. It doesn't feel good. I, Nothing I want to, good comes of it. What, you know, not, I, I'm uh, totally with you on that. You know, love, light, positivity. I, I don't believe in hate. And yeah. uh, you're better to focus that energy just b building yourself, your own, um, you know, your knowledge and just working on you as a whole to become a better person as opposed to 
uh, poking stick, sticks in other people. Uh, yeah. You know, like I've fucked up a lot of times in my life as well, um, and I just don't believe in, uh, you know, pointing the finger at other people. Nothing good comes of it. No, it's just in it, and it's uh, it's really low vibration. And so that I wanted yeah. to address that question because I've been kind of, I've been honest, I've been avoiding it because I'm not, and I'm not making assumptions or saying anything about any other people or things. It's just like people are like JB, why don't, why aren't you going after this or why aren't you like? Because that's, I don't, I've made bad investments before, I've screwed up before, I've made mistakes before. But the key is, I admit it right away. I'm like, I screwed up, guys. Sorry about this. You know, if you're following my strategy, this is what I did. I made a bad investment. I was a drug addict 16 years ago. I have no right to judge other people, man. But again, it's like I just realized that. Well, through my spiritual journeys as well, it's like, man we are all perfectly flawed. And I think that's the biggest thing too. So I hope people can get that kind of energy from Ken and I that, you know, it's about light, love and positive, but also getting your shit together, man. I mean, dead serious. Like this is the greatest time in human history. And I'm going to say this and might pissing people off, but if you end up poor after this opportunity, it was your fault. There's so many opportunities. Now, are you going to make mistakes? Yes. A lot of people lost money on Celsius. A lot of people think, you know, thank Ken for going out there and getting people off FTX or those people he saved. It's like, there's going to be times where you actually lose all your money in some investments. That's why diversification is very important. That's why it's important to not take our word as like a bond or like a YouTuber as a bond or a YouTuber as your investment strategy. It's learn the skills, right? The, we've, we've recommended so many books for you guys that are so important. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Richest Man in Babylon, you know, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, all these books that will help you build discernment within the markets too. And I always say too, if yeah, the psychology of money. I got to jump into that one, man. Psychology of money. It's very important because money is psychology, right? Ken, it's like, that's what I realized through my spiritual experiences that there's deep rooted epigenetic subconscious mind programming in my brain that was, that taught me how money works. For example, it has nothing to do with, not against my parents at all. My parents did a really good job raising us middle-class family, but we didn't talk about insurance. We didn't talk about um, investing. We didn't, I wasn't even taught how to balance a checkbook. I, I saw when you get money, you spend it. Right. And I saw the debt cycles and all that stuff. So when I started making money, which I, you know, I learned how to make money. I didn't know how to grow my money and you were unindoctrinated at a very young age. Me, I was indoctrinated. So like, I just got my shit together three at 41 years old. I was like, man, okay. So I need to re-educate myself. And that's what these journeys are for me. When I went to Peru, when I keep going to Peru is for me, it's like redoing the epigenetics within my body. And I king and queen energy from here on out, man. It's like, there's no more poverty mindset. There's no this, you know, you talk to my son, he's already a billionaire in his mind in a frequency level. It's not like a physical thing, right? He already says, has what type of stuff he's going to get in the physical world. And it's not a physical thing. Again, I'm not teaching my son to be physical. I'm teaching him how to be mental. He just has no concept of lack, right? There is no, we can't afford that. It's like, when can we get that? Right. And so it's a very important thing for all of you, whether you're sitting on $2 or you're sitting on $10 million in your bank account, it's all a state of mind. That's why I love working with Ken because he's like, he's, he's unemployed. I've been using your saying he's unemployable, right? Since your young age, he's been unemployable. Unemployable, yep. ungovernable and unfuckwithable. <laughs> <laughs> I, love I love it, man. It's so, and I've, I've adopted that too. Like when I was sitting in Peru, my shaman was like, Hey, listen, he goes, what does money represent to you? I said, freedom, freedom. And we, he freedom just asked, he asked, he has very power. And he's not, there's no judgment. He's asking questions. I'm like, I'm sitting here because I have financial freedom. I'm sitting here because my companies are being ran by an amazing team. They have freedom. Therefore I have freedom and I can sit with you in Peru for 11 days. Now, could I go to Peru and be live off the land and do all that stuff? Yeah. But I, 
I like the creature comforts, man. I like nice things. I like buying nice jackets and I like, I like living both worlds. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nowhere in the studies that I've done, not of religion of, of consciousness of Christ conscious where it says you should be poor. There's nowhere I've studied that says you should be poor. Now, some people can interpret that where it says you need to give up everything to serve God. It's like, give up. Who, who I believe want? Jesus wants us all to be rich. We Jesus had an accountant too. Just so you guys know people, yeah that have their own accountant are definitely not dealing with low funds, right? So Jesus had his own accountant. Absolutely. Christ wants us to be rich. Why? He isn't written your Kings. I mean, you can go on and on and on and I can break down the biblical sense of it. And it's like, it's not religion. It's just Christ consciousness. It's like having that high frequency. And again, that goes into what we we're talking about earlier. Like I, I want to be Christ-like. That's what I believe a Christian is. People are like, Oh, are you a Christian? I'm like, absolutely. I'm Christ-like. Like I, I unconditionally love people without expectations, only expectations of myself and just like Jesus, he would give you bread, but he won't break bread with you. His mom and dad or his mom and brother were outside and they're like, hey, Jesus, your mom and brother outside. He said, if they're not aligned with God, leave them outside. I was like, that's gangster, man. He's like ruthless. He was like, hey, I don't need to break bread with them. They're not aligned with me, man. He's like, I'm rolling this way. When they get aligned with me, they can break bread with me. Give them bread. Uh, but proper I'm, G. Proper G. Exactly. He was just like, if people see, there's a, there's a lot, if you really dive into the text and understanding of Christ consciousness, and there's many other people like Buddha was 3000, 3000 years ago, Buddha was the opposite. He went from very, very wealthy and he went out to experience death. Jesus was flip-flop born in a uh, manger, right? Or in a, uh, what's it called? A horse yeah. And flip-flopped and he became yeah one of the richest Kings in the world and people like money wise, he was the richest person in the world mentally and physically. But yeah. And, and I believe truly just my belief system. We're in those times right now. You got the Herods, you got the freaking Caesars, you got all this stuff happening. Jesus was flipping over the money changers three days before he was crucified. It's nothing new under the sun, fam. It's like, it's just happening over and over again. And again, I think it's just, just a cycle. Just a cycle. Human beings are deep in the left hemisphere of the brain. We got too much of a good thing. We got too, we got high on our own supply. And Mother Earth is like, you guys need to get your shit together. It's recalibrating itself. The cool thing is, if you could see that, you could do the recalibration yourself. You can recalibrate with Mother Earth and be like, okay, cool. Like, there's some great opportunities, as Warren Buffett says, is there's blood in the streets. Unfortunately, that sucks to say that, but that's the greatest time to get wealthy. So when everything comes collapsing down and all your friends are yelling at you, oh, crypto when people are at the grocery store at the barbershop or at the nail salon or your local gym are saying get the f out of crypto start looking at utility tokens not financial advice that have real world solve and buy the dip man go sell some shit in your garage and go buy the dip just little things like that just little tiny things and buy hold. the fear buy the fear yeah so, so let's see uh why do they uh why do they care when 99 percent of the time they end up broker than they were before coming into their millions um i think i missed the context on that sorry but um yeah it's like it's an interesting dynamic this is the thing that concerns me this is why i started the channel is is really helping people understand it's what's more important as you become a millionaire is who you're becoming because the fact is okay say the the you know the the having happens and all of a sudden Boom, everything shoots up. Let's just let's just play make believe, right? Or imagination. And, and XRP goes to $100 or $589, whatever makes you wealthy, okay? Bitcoin shoots to, you know, a million, blah, blah, blah. And you have millions of dollars sitting in your bank account. Do you realize if you didn't change this and you didn't that psychology of money book that he put up, all these things we shared with you guys, if you don't change this, you will be right back to where you were. If you have anxiety, you're going to have 10 times more anxiety. 
If you have stress, you're gonna have 10 times more stress. If you have a bad relationship, your relationship's gonna completely unravel. There's no amount of money that's going to change that. So what I recommend is during these times, as you're accumulating, work harder on yourself, you do anything else. And as my grandpa said, before he passed, this was back in nine, uh, 2007, I think it was, I think we were just getting into smartphones, right? Back then, we had the flip phone, razor phone. Before he passed, he grabbed the phone and he said, listen, you have to make sure that this isn't your brain. And I didn't yeah. catch on until later on. He was like, this right here. He said that this whole house burns down. Everything burns down. All the documents. He said the person who has more of this will always rebuild. And it just stuck with me, man. And I'm like, from That's that perfect. point on. Yeah. From that point on, I just kept studying and reading books. And now I've switched to like audio books. But it's, it's really important, too. And I think people, we've all been indoctrinated to be in fear. I mean, churches have done it. And I'm not saying all churches are bad, but organizations have done it. Churches have done it. Governments have done it. They want you looking outside of yourselves for a hero. You've already been saved, man. Like you can save yourself right now (laughs) just by changing your mindset. So it's interesting that you said that because, you know, we are literally living uh, certainly in the UK in a fear driven economy. Don't know about the USA, but uh, Europe and certainly the UK. Canada, Australia, these are fear-driven economies. They thrive in fear. They operate by fear. Yeah, well, you know what's interesting to you? So the, the way, so America is supposed to be the land of the free, but we're the we're truly the land of the, that American flag used to represent a lot. It used to, you know, our founding fathers had the imagination to create this democracy, right? So they, it was the American dream and God we trust, right? It was in line with higher consciousness. And now what we're dealing with right now, there's been so much freedom without understanding of how to be responsible with freedom. And in America, I'm proud to be an American. I built businesses. I serve my country, all that stuff. But as Americans, we're the most addicted. We're the most obese. We're the most domestic violence, alcohol, abuse, everything. Right. And so it's like, okay, so what does freedom mean? Right. So what does freedom mean to somebody? You get this opportunity to come to America, the freest country in the world, and you do nothing with it. You get indoctrinated to clock in and clock out for a paycheck. You give away, you actually give away all your freedom. It's an interesting thing. We have people come from other countries to start companies that we work for. And what they did in America is that, especially after the 1970s, after we detached from the gold standard and the World Economic Forum was created in 1971. I don't know if there's a connection to that, but we started borrowing against our future selves, right? So we started to buy shit we can't afford to, Gary Vee says, to impress people we don't like. And we were able to borrow against our future selves, knowing that we had to get a raise in order to keep up with the lifestyle that we created. Now you can get, what, a 94-month auto loan. I heard that you can get like a – I heard there's a 40-year mortgage now, which is crazy. So you're borrowing so far into the future that you never get out of the debt-based cycle. Now what happened was since 1971 or since 1980s, the interest rates have been super low, right? So everybody's been borrowing against themselves at very, very low prices. Well, the shift happened during the C word, right? We get locked down, and then they print all this much. This is why I know the Great Reset is happening. They print all this money. They're like, just turn the machines on. So as a machine, this is a, I don't know if it's conspiracy, but Cantalone effect. Have you ever heard of Cantalone effect? When they print, the money goes to the top of the house and then it dwindles down to the people, right? So they get their money, they invest it, they put it into assets, and then it comes down to the people that go spend it on TVs, on vacations that make the rich richer. So when they print the money, they say it's for the people, but it filters back up. To the rich, right? And so what happened was, is now they're like, okay, we're set now. We got our blockchain technology. We're going to flood the shit out of crypto. JP Morgan starts their own wallet. All these banks get involved. And then what they do is like, all right, let's raise interest rates. Let's destroy the middle class. 
Let's make sure they're not in this new, new technology. And then we'll turn the machine on and start moving money really, really fast, much faster than it did before. Right. So now it'll move at the speed of light. And then they got their liquidity back. Right. And then with the liquidity, they're like, OK, now we have the liquidity. Now we need to get these two point nine billion people in the bank. Just like you said, Ken, we need those taxes. We want that money into the system. And once we get into the system, we can start moving money much quicker because they're going to be putting all their money in here because we all want convenience. We're all addicted to it. They got us addicted to crack, which is convenience. And so we don't give a shit if we don't have freedom, if we have convenience. And so I don't know. It's just something I've been thinking about a lot. It was like this almost methodical planned out experiment of convenience and sloppiness. It's like we got them super sloppy. We got it super convenient now, and they don't even short attention spans. Yep, yeah, short attention spans. You know, watching all the the shorts and um, TikToks and all of these short form content. Yep. Well, in the, yeah, like for example, in uh, China, for the rumors that I've heard, I don't know if it's true or not, but they say in China they have different content that we do on TikTok, right? In China, their their kids, like I think it's thirteen and under, have science projects and stuff. They monitor all the stuff, so they're grooming. The next leaders in the world, right? In America, it, you know, I'm on TikTok too. Admittedly, in America, we're literally this short form, five second dopamine, and it's all these videos. Like we're so worried about, you know, the the Jake Paul fights. He's fighting like every what three months or something like that. Yeah. That's what everybody's worried about, man. And it's like, wow, do you realize your whole economy is flipping? That you may have a social score. Have you ever seen the show? My daughter was watching the show called Black Mirror. Have you ever seen that show? I haven't seen it. No. Man, it was like I was I caught one episode of it. She was like, I'm not a big TV watcher, but she was watching a series called Black Mirror. And they uh, they were talking. It was about social media and um, how they end up indoctrinating people into the social media scoring system. Right. And so if you go up to somebody like at uh, airlines and you piss them off, they can actually give you a lower score. And then your wow. friends, she was going to a wedding and a friend's like, hey, you're a three point two. You can't be part of the wedding party. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, that was funny as fuck. That happening, man. I can see that's like a, a social <laughs> right? It's like you're, you know, if you cut someone off on the, so everybody's trying to be. What the whole point of it? Everybody's completely fake to each other. And if you're if you're a real person, if you're a real deal, you're freaking you're 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 in the slums. You're just like, you know, they had this truck driver, not the same truck drivers, but she was just she was living a really tough life because yeah. she took money to fuck off. Basically, she's like, screw you guys, and so they shut down all her social score, and she was basically like a transient or the way I'm, I'm paraphrasing the whole story but i just thought that was interesting man so but <laughs> and it's it, called what's the name of the show uh black black, black mirror, black yeah. mirror. I, I call it sounds yeah, good it's on netflix netflix yeah it's just interesting but it's like and i the reason why i bring that up there's a point why i bring that up is is we have to we have to guys we have to get back to exercise I would highly recommend all of you get into high intensity training. You like the, whether it's boxing, you know, um, uh, a CrossFit, something that's like we do hit training here on Airdyne bikes. I, I even if you don't like working out, get those quick hit workouts, get the dopamine flowing, get your body into a fasted state. And I'm not talking long periods of fast. You can do 12 hours, 14 hours. That'll start to open up your mind and decalcify your pineal gland, right? Start drinking large amounts of water. Try to alkaline your water a little bit. These simple things will help a lot. Start reading. So what I'm doing, just to share with you guys, when I went to Peru, I disconnected for 11 days completely, like all social media, nothing. I came back. I look different. My skin looks different. I had this uh, little skin thing going on. Gone. 
like literally gone. I drank no caffeine while I was there. I did, you know, I did San Pedro, the plant medicine. Uh, we, the food is different out there. We didn't eat till noon every single day. And if we did eat, it was very light. So what I'm doing, so how am I continuing that when I get back? So I get up really early and I'm very productive from about 3.30 to 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So what I do is I cut out work at 2 to be with my kids. And I've, I've done that for a long time. I have freedom, right? But also what I'm doing from here on out from 2 o'clock to bedtime, I'm not, I'm done with my phone. Like I'll keep it on for messages and emergencies. That's it. And then before bedtime, I'm actually just to share with you guys what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be st studying the 48 books that Constantine removed from the Bible. Now, why? Why am I doing that? I'm not against religion, guys. I'm not saying do whatever you do your thing. Muslim, Catholic, Jehovah Witness. Do you. I love you unconditionally. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to study all these fucking books that they took out. And I'm going to try to figure out why they took those out of the Bible. Why don't they want people to have access to? Why don't why? Why? Do the churches not talk about the 18 years that Jesus was gone from 14 to 31? You got to think about that. Why do they? Why do they? Because he went to study Buddhism, meditation, yoga, and people would say this blasphemy. Then prove to me that he didn't. That's what I say. Prove to me that what he did for the 18 years before you say it's blasphemy. He comes back awakened. He's like, whoa, wait a minute. Mm -mm. It's all here, guys. And he says, do you want to be saved? He's not, I'm not your savior. He's like, he's, he says to the guy, do you want to be saved? And he says, pick your mat up and walk. You don't need to do these smoke shit and, you know, exercise demons and all that stuff. He's like, listen, Ken, do you want to be saved? Yes. Okay, then tell yourself that. Like, stop hurting yourself. Like, like stop, stop sitting there waiting for a fountain to sprout up that's going to save you outside of yourself. Stop waiting for Biden to save you. Stop waiting for Trump to come back to save you. That's what he's saying. He's like, save yourself, start exercising, start doing some breathing techniques, you know, uh, go jogging with a friend, get, you know, get some alkaline, like I said, alkaline water, start eating on the outside of the store, start exercising, um, surround yourself. I'm like going deep into this. Cause so for me, like two on no more social, I'm done. And I'm just going to work to focus on working on myself harder. Than I do anything else. And I guarantee you because of that, I'll end up wealthier than I've ever could imagine. I, I promise you. And I know, Ken, you know, you've been doing the exercise thing, really getting into those things. And, and it's it's important to understand, like this is something I've been thinking about. I want to get your opinion on this, how things flip flopped back in the days, like way back in the days. Right. A sign of obesity was a sign of wealth. It flip flopped. Mm -hmm. It flip flopped. So think about that. A sign of a fit person now is wealth. So the fit people now have access to fitness, the proper foods, all that. It flip-flopped. It's really interesting. Back in the days, everybody was out there working and grinding, right? So they were in really good shape. And the wealthy people were obese, and it flip-flopped. So what they did was is they made the people that uh, didn't have access to the, the right resources. They feed us McDonald's. They feed us all the shitty food. Shitty food is cheap, right? They make us sick. They calcified our pineal gland. We can't connect with ourselves. They put us in a fi financial system that makes us borrow against ourselves, it's a medical system that treats symptoms, not problems, and an education system that does not teach you how to solve problems, only to come up with the solution. Actually, it's all, it's all uh, uh, symptom-based. Everything is symptom-based. So here we are now. We're sick. We're broke. We're scared. We're, we're worried about what, you know, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I just, <laughs> I'm kind of going off, but um, yeah, that's my thoughts, man. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you're right about the exercising. It's one of the things I do first thing in the morning is uh, I spend <clears throat> half the day on myself. Don't really look at my phone uh, or any of my messages. Right. I just uh, focus on me, go and work out an hour, an hour and a half, go and enjoy a nice protein-filled breakfast, mm. protein shake, and by that time, 
it's usually 11, 12 o'clock, and then I'll start work. And what I'm doing as well is I am, um, you know, making sure that uh, I've got my PA looking at all of my WhatsApps, my business WhatsApps, my emails, and then sending me a summary each day with the high-priority messages that need my attention and then just deleting the rest uh, and just attending the meetings that uh, are meaningful and that really need me to take part in them. Because for me now going forward, I'm looking after myself, my health, because like you say, you get the dopamine and you get all of the other um, you know, benefits that come with putting yourself first and putting the phone down. Because like your grandfather says, you don't want your phone to end up becoming your brain. And uh, I can see that becoming a very... Uh, easy thing to happen because everybody's always got their fo- their face in their phones, downloading all of the applications, the books, taking the yeah. notes. Like er- people's lives are literally inside these devices, and um, it's it's actually very very sad. Yeah. Uh, and this is not what we were meant to be here for. We're we're here to uh, to live our life and be human beings, not human doings. I love that, man. Human beings, human doing. That's all we are, right? Just doing like we're just waking up, getting our energy drink, trying to survive, getting in traffic. I love what you said. I've used this many times, so I work to give you credit all the time for it. But, you know, you wake up in a box, you look at a box where you're drinking your coffee or your energy drink. You get in a box, you drive to a box to stare at a box to come home to be programmed by a box. I mean, it's been going on for a very, very, very long time. And people are like, oh, and the ancient pyramids and all that stuff. Think about that. They literally had time to sit with themselves and sit in silence like I did in Peru. Sit, you know, sit in a garden and think with your thoughts. You are very powerful. Like one of the biggest things I got from my journey was I kept saying, thank you, God, omnipresence, Allah, Buddha, whatever you believe in. I believe in God. I believe in God. And I kept saying, thank you, God, for the ability to be a human being, to have emotions and be able to think. I kept saying that to myself, my experience, I'm like, dude, I get to think. And therefore I have massive responsibility for my emotions. And by having the ability to think and the massive responsibility to have emotions that I get to control those emotions. And if I can hold those emotions for a long enough period of time, I can create an actual belief system. And by creating that belief system, I can tell my reticular activating system where to guide my GPS. And eventually if I hold it strong enough and I believe it enough that my RAS has to give me confirmation and the conviction. And if I develop conviction that's positive, high frequency, love, abundance, and wealth, that my kids get to benefit from that. That's what I took from like, holy shit. So every day I wake up now, I'm like, okay, I'm getting even more detailed now. Two o'clock, boom, done. I'm studying the 48 books that they took out of the Bible and I'm going to figure out why. That's my journey. I'm not against religion. I'm not against anybody, but I have to ask myself, why did they take the book of Thomas out of the Bible? Somebody said to me, they didn't take it out. How do you know you weren't there? Like, I don't know, but I'm going to go read these uh, books that were found in the Hognamati library. I'm going to go dive into these books and take a look at the Dead Sea Scrolls and look at these things. These things exist. So why not read them? Why not study them? The, my point behind this is why just listen to a parrot telling you information? Oh, this is how you should believe. No, no, no. Nobody's going to tell me how to believe anymore the rest of my life. Nobody. I'm going to understand for myself, but I'm no, not even going to tell my kids how to believe. I'm going to be what I want them to see and allow them to ask questions. I don't want them to have, you know, be a parrot. Oh, my teacher said like my teacher said, it's this way. I'm like, so what do you think? How do you feel about this? And if you have a question, then let's dive. So my son asked me, he's, uh, you know, going on, uh, he's going to be seven. And he asked me all the time, well, why dad? Like, let's walk through it. 
right? He got, uh, he, we were at a, a trampoline park. He got hit in the face with a ball and he comes up and he's upset. He got hit hard. He had a big red, you know, then I said, so what happened? He's like, I said, are you hurt or are you scared? He said, both. I'm hurt and scared. I said, okay, cool. It's, you know, it hurt. I mean, you could tell he was crying. It's okay to cry. Let's, let's get out of our system. You good to go. And I said, so what should, he was like, the kid hit me with the ball. And I said, so what should you do? He's like, well, um, I don't know. I said, so what do you think you should do? The kid hit you with the ball. And he said, well, we're playing a game where you're throwing the ball. I said, okay, good. So what are your thoughts going? Well, he, he probably didn't mean to do it on purpose. I said, so what should you do? He said, I should probably get back in and play. Right. And I said, so what would you do? Hit him back. Do you do? He's like, well, in the context, he didn't say context. He said, well, we're playing a game. So that's the risk is that I get hit with the ball. I said, okay, then try to avoid the ball next time. And I said, so he was able to walk through that in his head instead of being like, go out there and knock him out. It was in the context of what he, so he was able to problem solve through that. He's like, I'm in an arena. I got hit by a ball. That was my fault. I was in the way of the ball. Right. So next get the fuck out of the way of the ball and get in there now if he was outside of the, the the ring and some dude just clocked him with the ball it might be a different conversation it gives him context to go back you know what this dude just purposely hit me in the face with the ball so what are you gonna do are you gonna sit there and let someone bully you or are you gonna go back and speak to him like i'm allowing my son to walk through this context of this and i don't know if that's the right way to parent but it allows him to say hey listen you know number one i'm hurt and scared at the same time we, we manage that okay Tears are gone. Boom, we're ready to go. Let's walk through this. So I'm teaching my son. To, I was just taught, go to school, follow the system. Don't speak out of line. Don't question authority. That, that really got me because I'm like, wait a minute. The authority that I was working for in banking was manipulating stock prices. So I'm supposed to just sit back and not question authority because I'm making a shitload of money every quarter with these bonuses. I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, it doesn't feel good to me to not question authority. So what if, what if authority is doing something incorrect because their authority I have to allow them to do that. I'm like, no, no. And so I think that's probably why we're unemployable, why we're ungovernable, things like that. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I'm not a fan of authority at all because all that I see at the end of the day is people. This is just another human being. Some of them have been programmed beyond um, repair to the mm -hmm. point where they're human robots and they have for they've forgotten who they are. You know, a bit like... Uh, you know, Jim Carrey, he went through his whole career and, uh, you know, he didn't know who, who he was because he was playing a character all of his life. And then he went through that uh, phase in his life discovering who he was. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, we live in a society where they've been programmed right the way through the system, the indoctrination system, um, put their hand up um, to speak, put your hand up to go to the toilet. You know, grown people, grown men you know, working in cubicles and boxes they have to put their hand up to ask to go to the toilet. It's absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, and the society that we're living in now has poisoned people's minds to the point where, you know, we're just, uh, we're living in a failed state. Uh, what we say, well, maybe it's a failed state for us, but the system is not broken. It's designed to break you financially, emotionally, physically, and mentally. So it's actually designed in a specific way. Uh, but I think it's everybody's duty, obligation and responsibility to wake up and understand that we're living in a lie. You know, this is a lie. You know, this isn't our life. This is a lie. You know, we're living, um, uh, you know, we're, we're living a script. You know, we've mm -hmm. been taught a script right the way through our school, through college to, to go and give away years and years of our lives to get this yeah. piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I love and to work that. for pieces of paper, which is in a wallet with ink. 
and a, a number and the denomination uh, you know some are denominated in bigger numbers but it's just another zero but it's the same piece of paper with another zero and it was the biggest lie that we were ever told to work for these pieces of paper which are inside our wallets and that's why I don't work for money because I just don't believe in money I believe in assets I believe in God's money yes I remember, man, one of the first gentlemen, I got to give him credit, uh, he um, that invested in our company, his name was Curtis Ray, right? So he was the first investor I ever had that kickstarted. We were no longer in business together. But um, he said to me one time, I'll stand in the gym. This dude is like unemployable like you. The guy's brain is just he wrote. a. Um, he's the one that started MPI for Leverage Life Insurance. And he wrote a book, um, something about the against the 401k. But anyways, I uh, wish I remember the book in respect. But we're sitting in the gym over there. I remember one day I was like, yeah, we're going to be going for a million this year. And he was like why why would you say just a million he's like it's just a, a comma it's just a zero why don't you say 10 million what's the difference he said if you you got excited about saying a million you're not going to accomplish it i'm like what do you mean he's like your brain cannot comprehend that you can get to a million because you're excited about it your brain you're telling your brain that that oh that would be neat it doesn't even exist within your paradigm he says just add a zero and say it's already finished it's just zeros. That's all it is. You're just adding zeros in the quantum field and the quantum computing system. That's it. And I was like, whoa. So I got rid of that, the, the, the stagnant 1 million. And I started thinking, I just want freedom, man. And that, that has freedom is freedom of time, freedom of choice, freedom of uh, uh, financial freedom, all that stuff. And I focused on freedom, which has no actual physical number to it, right? And everything started opening for me. And I realized that I'm the frequency. And I realized that I can make choices. I can make decisions based on my actions and behaviors. And I created my own paradigm, just like Ken. Like, he's traveling all over the world. Like, you know, it's like I heard all the news when I came back. And I'm very, you know, again, I will always say this. I'm very, feel very sorry for anybody who lost money in Celsius, FTX. These are brutal things. Remember, please, you know, a lot of people get suicidal with this stuff. This, it's not your identity, guys. Don't let this crypto market be your identity. You know, don't let the money in your bank account be your identity. Your identity is your heart and brain coherence. Like, who are you here, right? Who are you here? And I swear to God, if you lose everything, you'll be back. If you can do it once, you can do it again. So your first job is to do it once. So, well, I think it's Jim Rohn that says, in the process of becoming a millionaire, everybody should become a millionaire because you'll learn who you are to become a millionaire. And I guarantee if all this went to zero, I could do it again in six months because of the skills and the frequency that we embody. So I know we're coming up to on, on the back end here, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. A lot of people are um, fearful. So what are your thoughts, Ken? Like what are, what are your uh, uh, words to people who are fearful right now, who are scared? And, you know, uh, what, what are your thoughts about all that? Well, if you're fearful and scared, then you're doing, you're feeling exactly how they want you to feel. Um, there's very there, there's one very simple rule of success, and it's just to do the opposite. Mm. Do the opposite of everybody else. If everybody else is fearful, just stop and think for a moment what you're scared of. Mm. Switch the emotion. Be happy. Mm. You know, be happy that you're alive. Stop worrying about man-made fake things which don't exist. You know, pieces of paper, pyramid schemes. Just be happy. Just, uh, you know, pick up some books and start to learn about life, how things work, yeah. how money works, what money is, how to how to create assets, how to buy businesses. Just educate yourself and yeah. perhaps, uh, you know, be careful who you're spending time with because mm. people can toxify your mind 
very, very quickly, especially those work colleagues that you're sitting having lunch with in the uh, staff room. Just ignore mm. what they have to say. It's, instead of sitting with them and gossiping, why don't you put on an audio book mm. and listen, educate yourself, get a, get a side hustle on the go whilst you're in the canteen. And just, uh, you know, you need to start enjoying your own company and getting into your own paradigm and increasing your own frequency. That's what I would do. And, uh, and just uh, taking a look at who you spend time with at the weekends. Are you going down to the bar with people, having pints of beer? What are they speaking about? Mm. You know, you become the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. You know, do you really want to become the average of five losers that are mm. fat with man boobs, bitch tits in the bar, drinking pints of beer, watching football? Who cares? Yeah. Really, who cares about that shit, man? Mm. Yeah. And you want to a- be building, be, be making value, creating value. I'll, I'll give you one, two, three, four books that you could read right now. This one, The Bitcoin Standard. Mm. Okay. It's a good book to start with. Second book is called The Creature from Jekyll Island. Mm. That's okay. Go on YouTube. You can get it for free. The third book is Principles by Ray Dalio. Such a good book. That's amazing. Yep. And the fourth book. It's the psychology of money. Beautiful. Yes, beautiful. So I can't, I can't top that, man. I'm just going to leave it at that for you guys. Such a great. I'm so glad to be back with you, Ken. Thank you for the opportunity to, you know, for all of you guys for allowing me to just become a better version of myself. And again, too, the the thing that I want to leave with you guys with is it really showed me too that I'm not attached to any of this, right? It's like you know, a lot of influencers or whatever we're considered creators. It's like they can't leave their they're they're so scared to walk away from social. You know, it's like I realized if I came back and this whole thing collapsed, and that's what was supposed to happen, right? Remember, everything is just frequency. Stop trying to let this algorithm run your life become the algorithm become the matrix so when you wake up in the day as ken said right you can either be fearful or you can be joyful okay like maybe you're getting into a car that you don't like well goddamn, that car is getting you from point a to point b right now so find so much gratitude for that car you're working in a job and you hate your job flip it because if you have hate in your heart Jesus said, if you have hate in your heart, it will seep into every area of your life. You're not going to be able to hate your boss and not let it affect your family. So it's cancer, cancer, 100%. So flip it, find everything you like about your boss. Just focus on what you like and do your work. Put your head down. Like Ken said, put on some podcasts, enjoy yourself. And if you don't like your job, then leave, then get a different job. There's plenty of jobs you can get into, right? So, and then number number three is really work harder on yourself than you do anything else. Put your head down. That's why, you know, thank you. I wanted to address those comments of why am I not jumping in and trying to, you know, expose people because I, I have nothing. There's no, there's zero reason and zero energy in my body for that type of stuff. Like, for example, and, and also too, if you're out exposing people, guess what they're doing? They're digging they're digging for you. That's why I exposed everything about myself that I was a drug addict. I did some shady shit when I was a drug addict. I'm sure that stuff will come up. My bankruptcy came up in 2007 by, you know, a media station because they're like, who's this crypto guy? I'm like, I already talked about it on a YouTube channel. Like I've talked about everything that I did wrong. And you know, you're going to see some crazy shit because what the bigger you can and I get, the more they'll dig into our past. And it's like, so I come with high love frequency and I'll dress those things as they come up. But damn, well, I'm not going to spend my energy going after any other human being. I mean, it doesn't, it's just a waste of time. 
time for me. So, so stay positive warriors, keep that frequency up high. We love you guys very, very much. We thank you guys. Do us a huge favor. Make sure you hit that like, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification button, and also share this podcast and share this YouTube video with a friend. We, we implore you to do that. 158 people send this to a friend. You know, these type of videos don't get a lot of reach because we're speaking truth, man. You know, but people will watch the bullshit, you know, fight videos and the, you know, bad bunny and all this shit. This type of stuff is real deal talk and it's not going to get as much reach unless you help us get it out there. So we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. And as we always say, Warriors, ah, get your shit together. Let's go. Love you guys. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs>